You've survived the worst. Trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is, your pain can be a crutch, or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host, Joseph James. Hey everyone, Joseph James here with Perfect Through Pain Podcast. I am your host and I have a really new friend. Uh, We've been uh, Facebook friends for a little while. She's actually been a listener to the podcast and I saw her story not too long ago. She is a three-time colon cancer survivor. She was first diagnosed back in 2016 um, and currently going on nine months, thank God, cancer-free after multiple surgeries accompanied by multiple months of uh, chemotherapy. She's also, which is very, very impressive to me, a professional female bodybuilder. She turned pro in 2018, 10 months after her second time of having cancer. She's uses, she uses her hardships in life in order to help others that are going through life struggles to show them that anything is possible with a positive mindset and believing in yourself. She lives by these words, stay strong for those who can't. Lacey, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I wish there was, was better circumstances in terms of why I'm, I'm bringing you on the show, but you know, one of the reasons why I, this resonated with me because, you know, for those that have listened to the show, um, you know, my, my wife didn't make it, you know, through her spout with cancer. And when we found it, it was stage four, um, stage four colon cancer as well. And, um, so when I saw that you not only just had it, but had it multiple times, but even more impressively is the fact that you're a, you're not just a bodybuilder, but you you've earned your professional card in bodybuilding, which is a very hard feat for a lot of people. It takes some people years, and some people haven't been able to do it uh, in their time frame. But the impressive part, because of the discipline that it takes behind bodybuilding, the work, the energy that's needed, the training that goes into it, you know, is you were doing this in the midst of finding out that you had cancer. Your body was already being riddled by it, and during your training, so. Mm-hmm. Take me. So I'm very impressed with that. And, and, you know, I I know that you don't need my, my affirmations with that because you, you, the fact that you fought for it, but that's really what just touched my heart in this. Um, So I I just want to, I just want to give you a big distant hug and and tell you, you know, I'm proud of you for the fight that you, you know, that you have put up. And, you know, one thing that, you know, and I know, you know, this more than anybody, but one thing that I realized that when my wife was going through cancer, you hear stories of people that have cancer and you think, oh, this is a lifelong battle or they'll have it for a few years. But it really goes a lot deeper than that. It's really more of a sometimes a second by second battle, minute by minute. You know, to think about the day is very, very long. You know, when you're thinking about the grand scheme of things, when the mental battle you're, you're focusing or you're, you're having can be every second of the day, not yeah. just the day or the month or the year. It could be every, cause things can change your whole mood, your mindset, your, 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 um, your attitude, your energy level can change from second to second, yeah. you know? So, um, 
but take me back to that time you're you're into bodybuilding and now you you go to the hospital because you said you were having some issues correct talk yes. to me about that yep so i was having bleeding a lot of bleeding going on I went to the doctor first went in April of 2016. I can express my concerns to my doctor and my gastroenterologist. And he did say that he thinks it's internal hemorrhoids. I do lift weights. So that was the first thing that he went to. And um, I asked, you know, what is, what's, what can I do for that? I didn't know much about it. And he said, there's really nothing that you can do. It comes from straining. Uh, he gave me, uh, I think some kind of cream that he get, he told me I could go buy and sent me about my way. So, um, you know, I'm thinking the fatigue is coming from prep. I'm on low carbs. I'm getting leaner. I it was my first year doing women's physique. So I, I went from bikini in 2000. I probably should have said this. So I, I, in 2014, I started in bikini. So in two years time, I built up enough muscle in order to compete in women's physique. So this was my first year going into women's physique. So it was harder, of course, because you have to get leaner. So I'm just thinking that the fatigue is coming from prep in general. So I went on about my day. I went on about training and I did my shows in the summer of 2016. I won my first overall. I won the Miss Louisiana title. And uh, after that, I was still experiencing the bleeding in September of 2016. I ended up in the hospital because I had to have a blood transfusion. I lost that much blood and they did an immediate uh, colonoscopy the next morning. And I prepped in the hospital for that. And they found a six centimeter, it was a gastrointestinal carcinoid tumor, if you're familiar with those. And so um, they biopsied it. I found out two to three days later that it was cancerous. And at this point it was a stage three B so it spreads to my abdominal cavity and two lymph nodes around the area. So uh, from there, we started immediate chemo. I was going back and forth to MD Anderson in Houston and also going here at Mary Bird Perkins in Baton Rouge. I did eight rounds of chemo. Now, a round for me was one week straight, 20 hours a week, Monday through Friday. So it was four hours per day, five days. Um, and then I did one week off and then one week. So it all lasted about a total of 16 weeks or so. On the weeks that I was off, I did scans, blood work and scans and everything to make sure that the chemo was working and also had two surgeries during that time. And then uh, after that, I got better and started competing again. I, I got right back on stage the next year in 2017. I competed again that summer, um, won another title. And then a few months later, I started experiencing those symptoms again. I went back to the doctor and sure enough, it was back. And my doctor told me, he always did tell me that with gastrointestinal carcinoid tumors, they're always likely to come back. But me being young and I'm, you know, in my, I'm saying I'm in my prime. I'm really not, but you know, I'm like, that can't happen to me. It, you know, I had it once it, I, I beat it. It can't happen again. It did. And this time it came back with a vengeance. It was, it was terrible that time. The first time it was bad, of course, but this time I lost all my hair. I lost all my muscle. It was 
an extremely hard experience to deal with. And I don't think a lot of people can really truly understand that unless you have gone through it or have been with someone that goes through that. Um, I still experience the side effects of chemo every single day. And a lot of people don't know that because um, I, I, I deal with it alone. I, I There's times where I'm in the gym and if I stand for too long a period of time, I get really weak and I have to sit down and no one knows that. I just kind of deal with it on my own and I just got right back to where I was before and started training again. Um, and I became cancer free again in February of 2018. I had my last surgery to remove the carcinoid tumor. What they do is they go in and they do the chemo enough to shrink the tumor. Once it's shrunk enough, then they can go in and have the surgery. But the problem with me was I could only last a few hours of chemo until my blood sugar was was dropping dramatically. Uh, I was throwing up. It was It was a really bad experience. So they had to be a lot more careful this time. Uh, that second time. So I had that last surgery was finally small enough to where we could go in and take it out. Now I've had partial colon removals this entire time. So I've had a total of about maybe a foot taken out of my colon total at this point. So each time they go in and they remove the tumor, they stitch my colon back together just enough to where it's, it's enough to where I don't have to take out the whole colon. And, um, so that last surgery was February 7th, 2018. Um, I, at this point, I did not think that I was ever going to be able to get back on stage again, but I believed in myself that I could, I believed that I could. And I told myself if I was ever able to do it again, that I would do it a hundred percent. I would never, ever complain about a single day. I would take my life and live it to the fullest and I would do what I love to do. So it wasn't until April, I went back to the doctor, we were doing a checkup and I, I, I said this as more of a, a joke, but I said to my doctor, I said, do you think that I'll be able to compete this year? And he said, well, Lacey, if, if you keep up with your blood work and you come to me and you're honest about everything that you do and we can check you and make sure that you're fine, then go for it. And you're, you're young, live your life. There's no reason why you should let cancer take that away from you. You love this sport. So immediately after I called my coach, I was in tears. I was crying. I said, I'm going to get back on stage this year. And he said, well, Lacey, are you sure? You know, you just got done with this extreme amount of chemo and, you know, I, at this point, I, I still lost a lot of my muscle. I was getting, trying to gain it back. And I said, yes, I want to I want to get back on stage. I want to show people that this is possible. This is my goal in life. I want to help people. I want to show them that if they believe in themselves, they can make this happen. And so he said, all right, let's let's do it. So we went in the prep that day um, in April and I competed at a show called Southern Muscle in November. It was November 10th, 2018. The reason I picked that show is because I was sick the year prior going to that show. I was in the audience. I had tears in my eyes. I'm not going to lie because I was looking up on that stage and I was thinking to myself that I was never going to be able to be up there again. I hoped that I was, but being as sick as I was, I didn't know if I was going to even make it at that point. So I'm looking up at the stage and I'm like, 
if I'm ever able to be up there again, it's a dream come true. I will give it a hundred percent. So I picked that same exact show that I was sitting in the audience in to do that following year. And I did it and I won that show. And then a week later I went straight to Miami nationals and I won my pro card there in 2018. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the journey of the pro card. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've got to interject for, for the listeners, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't have the experience like you do, but being around the industry and being involved in it heavily, it, it's extreme amount of work for those that don't know when it comes to bodybuilding, the, they call it a very selfish sport. It is. Okay? Because the things that you have to do for yourself, the adding from the schedule of eating, sleeping, to giving up, to going out and drinking or eating with friends, however you want to eat, okay? Mm-hmm. To even when it comes to family life, uh, no, I can't do this, or no, I can't do this, or dad can't eat that, or mom can't eat that because of the lifestyle. It's extremely, I don't think the word discipline gives enough means, let's say, to the sport because it's not, it's way more than just. I have to eat six meals a day and I have to do my prep for that because that's very time consuming. You know, um, it's the sacrifice of, okay, I love filet and Dr. Peppers or I love, you know, a filet mignon steak, you, you know, with mashed potatoes and gravy or, or lobster mac and cheese. You know, it's those things that go out of the door that you're eating flank steak rice, potatoes, sweet potatoes, maybe some Uh asparagus if you're allowed vegetables, you know, or some green beans, um, salad, turkey meat, hamburger meat, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, you don't get the Oreo cookies. You don't get the the scoop of peanut butter with an apple. Um, Maybe if you can as a cheat, you know, but it's, it's way more. And so to do those things, you know, to, to take your body through things, it, it's very strenuous. Mm-hmm. It's very strenuous on the mind because as you get deeper into prep, you know, the food changes, you know, uh, the, the, the stronger, the bigger calorie um, uh, deficit that you're on, mm-hmm. giving up more and more foods when you're already hungry as it is to, and then not, not including just on the food aspect because that can cause a lot of behavioral changes in itself or mood changes, you know, um, and then you've got the training aspect, you know, you've got the training aspect. And for most people, while they're trying to earn their pro card or get to the level where you're being paid to train or paid to lift is you're working a regular full-time eight, nine hour job, Monday through Friday or Monday, including the weekends, whatever the case is. And so, you know, it's very strenuous. It's a whole entire, uh, I don't even think lifestyle still gives it enough justice. The word discipline or the word lifestyle gives it enough justice because it's everything that you do. You live it, you eat it, you sleep it, you, you, you bleed it, you, you think about it, you dream about it, you have nightmares about it, mm-hmm. you know, you cry about it. I mean, there's so much to it, you know, <laughs> and I mean, a lot of people, for the listeners out there, when there's a show that's picked from a competitor – you know, they can, most competitors will start anywhere from about 16 to 20 weeks out in preparation for that one show. Mm -hmm. And then if they don't do what they want in that show or get the results that they want, 
we'll continue on to a next show. So now it's gone from 20 weeks of prep to now another four or five weeks to now another six or eight weeks. And before you know it, you can spend almost nine to 10 months in a preparation stage of a calendar year. And so it's extremely, extremely hard. So the fact that Lacey not only was dealing with cancer, but the fact that she was able to get back up on the, on the stage to take her body through this strenuous stress, because honestly, that's what it is. Muscle grows under stress. We put our mind under stress. We put our physical ailments, you know, our internal body. And of course, now we're right here in the big awakening of Simone Biles bowing out of the Olympics because of mental health, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody can sit there and say, why in the world would she do it now? This is the biggest stage of her life. Well, she's been on the stage multiple times, but nobody wants to get that far and then say, Hey, look, I just can't do it anymore. You know, it, it's easy to do it in off season, mm-hmm. you know, but Lacey, what, besides the fact of believing in yourself, what made you really, what was going on in your mind that made you get back up there? Why, why didn't you just conform to what was going on, the chemo? Why didn't you just accept that this was going to be your new lifestyle? Except um, that the like, cancer was now your new lifestyle, that the fighting the cancer and everything else like that was, mm-hmm. was, you know, was the new lifestyle, chemo, things like that. Why didn't you accept that? I, did, I didn't allow it. I didn't, did not allow that to be my life. I knew that it was not going to be my life. I knew it was a temporary thing. Uh, this was in my mind, it was something I had to do in order to get to a, a bigger, bigger life, you know, uh, in order for me to live my life. So I didn't view it as uh, this. I'm a sick girl. I, I'm the person that, you know, I, I have cancer. This is me. This is, this is who I am. I didn't allow that to happen. I, I told myself that I'm the normal Lacey. When I walked into a building, I wanted people to know me as Lacey, as their friend Lacey. I did not want to be known as the girl who had cancer or the girl who has cancer, the girl who's sick, or et cetera. I wanted to be known as Lacey. I wanted to get back to my normal life. I knew that this did not control who I was. This was just a part of the journey in order to get to the bigger stage in life. Yeah, yeah. Does this mindset come from childhood experiences, the way you were raised, or is it just something you just kind of experience along the way? So I'll be 100% honest with you. It's not something I've always had. This is something I've learned as I've gone through these stages in life. Cancer, having cancer and being sick has taught me this lifestyle, this mindset of stay strong for those who can't. It's taught me to take every day and live life to the fullest because you never know when it's going to be your last day. I think it's so easy, especially in a younger person's mindset, to get lost in that. We get lost in this is never going to happen to me or even our loved ones. And and you can say this firsthand. It's We have to tell them that we love them before they leave because you just never know what can happen these days. And so it took this happening to me for me to open my eyes and say, life is too short. I have to live it. I have to do what I love to do. And I have to do it with the people that I love because you just never know what's going to happen in life. So this happened as the days went on. And something that really taught me that mindset as well, I was going through treatments with a woman named Melanie Bouquet. I don't know if you're familiar with Powerhouse Gym in Homa. Do you know that gym? 
I've, I've heard of it, but I'm not too familiar with it. Okay. Well, it's called Melanie B's Powerhouse Gym. Okay. It's named after her. Her husband owns it. His name is Sandel. And so we were going through our treatments together. And something that she taught me was uh, to read the book called The Secret. Have you ever heard of that? The Secret. I don't know if I have not. Tell me about it. I may have. So it, it basically teaches you to believe in things that you want to happen and to live that kind of life. So um, I started reading that book. She told me about it and she said, this is something that's truly helped me change my mindset completely. I started reading that and that helped me out a lot as far as how to shift my mindset into those positive thoughts and not those negative thoughts. So it's more of, it's like if you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm so tired, today's going to be a bad day. I'm going to be dragging today. Or if you wake up and you say, today's going to be an amazing day. I'm going to make the best out of it and I'm going to kill it. You know, it's, it's what you believe in that you make happen. So I read that and I started living my life like that. So I would wake up in the morning. I would say, instead of oh, another round of treatment today, I wonder if I'm going to be sick. It was, if I'm sick, I'm going to take it heads on and, and I'm going, I'm going to make it happen. I'm not going to suppress these feelings of, of being sick and kind of hiding it. I'm going to take it head on. I'm going to feel these feelings and it's going to be fine. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to make it happen. So it was more of like shifting my mindset to instead of I can't, I can do this. I will do this and this will happen. And so believing in that, I constantly played that in my head of if, if I started to feel sick or anything during my treatments or just, just in general, I would say, this is okay. Let, let me take this heads on and I'm going to be okay. So it was more of learning how to tell myself, I will, I can, this is going to happen instead of this is going to be hard. This is rough. I feel terrible. It was more of this is temporary. I'm going to feel okay. This is what I need to do in order to be better. So I believed that. And so then I just completely shifted my mindset into I can, I will. And I did. Wow. At what point during the journey, so you get diagnosed, you know, and I, I can't imagine what your, your reaction was then. You know, I, I can only imagine what it was like for, for a lot of other people, you know, mm. but at what point when you were diagnosed to when you started saying, instead of saying, I can't say I will, how far along were you into your journey of, of cancer at that point? Yeah, it was, um, it was the second year. So it was probably the end of 2017 when this really started happening. It was more of um, just a gradual shift in mindset. So this was not something that happened overnight. Um, definitely not. It took time to develop that kind of mindset. And actually one thing that helped me throughout the way is, and I'm not sure if you even know this, but I wrote in a journal every day when I was going through my treatments and I went back and I read it and I faithfully wrote down everything that I felt, my feelings, if I was sick, any little detail that happened that day, I wrote it down. And after I got better, it was a few months after I got better, I went back and I read that journal. And you can just hear the emotions shifting and the mindset changing each day. And it was crazy to me because I could, I could go back and I could, I could just relive that moment. 
and I could tell myself, this is like, this is my mindset changing day by day into this positive mindset where I, I really got better at that point. And so I turned that journal into a book and I wrote my own book. It was actually supposed to come out last year, but with COVID, I've been trying to get it on Amazon and with COVID and everything going on, it's it hasn't happened yet. I'm actually now working on a second book. So I think by the time the second book comes out, the first one will probably be coming out, but I actually turned it into a book. And um, I did that because I wanted people to see that it, the mindset change and what ha what I did to make that happen and not in order to just help people that are sick, but to help anybody that's going through life struggles and the people that are going through it with them, because it gives you an inside view of a person that is sick, what is goes through their head during treatments, after treatments, it helps that significant other or that family member understand a little bit better of kind of what goes on in their mind. So um, it's a, it's all around thing that I just did in order to help others. That's amazing. Yeah. It's um, you know, the, the mindsets are very, the mind's a very powerful tool. And if we don't feed it with the right things, then it's going to, it's going to waste away. It, yeah. It's we'll talk ourselves out of situations. I remember so when my wife was diagnosed, um, this was actually, something that she had feared her whole life because her birth mother, they discovered ovarian cancer in her at the time they gave birth to my wife. Mm. And then three months later, she passed away. And so it was stage four from the very get go. And so my wife was three months old, three months of age when her mom died, you mm. know? And so she feared that her life because she had constant ovarian cysts that had to either be surgically removed or that would burst on their own and things like that. And then she gets pregnant with her third child and starts having complications, you know? And so, you know, I had to actually wait because the amount of um, liver that they had taken out, she was diagnosed with colon as well, but it had already spread into her liver, into her lymph nodes and into her spine. When they actually found it, they removed over 80% of her liver at that on the first surgery. Wow. Know? And um, and so I had to wait over, it was right at 96 hours after she was diagnosed or after I was told before I could tell her because the doctors were so afraid of her body and the amount of liver that they took, they took out that they removed that she wasn't going to make it past the first 72 hours. Mm. And so I had to deal with the, not only just knowing, but I had to keep it from her because I knew the moment that I told her, her mind would shut down and she would have probably passed away that weekend because mm. she was, it was something she already feared. And then now going through the anatomical changes in her body, going from a liver that was sick to now, it's not even hardly there, less than 20% to even be used in the body. Right. Tell her that. So I had to tell the family, I had to tell my family, her aunt and uncle, which was pretty much her mom and dad, she was raised by them and, uh, you know, brother, sister, things like that. And so, you know, but I remember she was probably about, she'd only been home for about maybe two weeks. And, I remember, and this is where I talk about for the listeners that have never experienced this kind of uh, things in their life is 
you know, when I, when I knew of people that had cancer, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, they, they had it, you know, and, and I, I kind of understood it, but I didn't know the mental battle because I never experienced it, never faced it. And so, you know, you think, oh, you know, people have it and it's a, it's a year or two journey, whatever the case may be, a couple months, whatever the case is. But I realized at this moment, it was way deeper than that. And this is what happened is she was sitting on our bed. We're sitting there talking. She's like, Dave, can you go give me a glass of water? And I go up to the front of the house. I get a glass of water. She liked ice, a lot of ice, <laughs> you know, and I was coming back and I was coming back. So I wasn't gone no more than a minute, a minute and a half at the most, you know, and my daughter comes running up the hallway. She's like, dad, mom's crying. And of course, now it draws the attention to my younger son as well. Of course, the, the, the baby's already in there. And so I walk in the room and she is just bawling, crying. Now I've got three kids, a wife that's crying. I'm like, what in the world do I do? And I said, what's wrong? And she, and she said this, and I'll never forget this. She says, I smell the smell of death. She said, I have no hope to live. Oh, wow. And it hit me. And all I could do is just immediate kind of like, Oh, absolutely not. Look, open your eyes right now. Look at those children. That is your hope. And I just begin to rebuke the spirit that she was going through, you know, because, yeah. and it was, it was, a, it was a shocker to me because I'm like, just a minute ago, you were completely fine and great spirits, mm -hmm. you know, and two minutes later, you're bawling your eyes out and you feel like you're ready to die, you know, and that's when it hit me of the mindset. I'm like, oh my God, this is. This is a battle that I, I I don't know that I could face, you know, much less her. But yet we've got three we got three children, you know. Mm -hmm. You didn't you didn't have anybody but yourself. Yeah. You know, and to to fight not only just fight the battle, but you know the constant, you know the constant attack. I mean, because for a female, beauty is I wouldn't say is everything, but you know what I mean by saying that, you know. And mm -hmm. especially start losing hair, mm -hmm. you know, when you, when that, when that outside appearance starts changing, we, you start going through all the mental of, does he still like me? Am I going to be able to date again? Am I going to get married? Is somebody going to like me bald headed? Am I going to, is my hair going to grow back? Am I, you know, um, and my wife lost a significant amount of weight really, mm. really fast. You know, she lost 70 pounds in, in like the first three months. Wow. You know, and I just dropped it. I mean, great weight loss program, but not the really way we wanted to do it. Yeah. You know? um, but it's amazing to sit there and, and hear your mindset behind it because, you know, my wife had an amazing support system, you know, and not saying you didn't, but you were fighting this alone. Mm hmm. You know, and so I, I just commend you for that. And I just want to tell the listeners out there that are listening is, you know, whether it's cancer, whether it's a terminal disease, whether it's a job, whether it's, you know, a relationship, whether it's a divorce, the loss of somebody mm -hmm. is we have the power to create our own destiny in terms of the way we live it. Yep. Okay. We may not be able to determine our fate, our end fate, but the fact that you were diagnosed and you're like, I'm not letting this, I'm not letting this dictate my journey any longer, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not allowing this to label me. Like you said, you don't want to be known as Lacey, the girl that has cancer or she's the cancer girl or, you know, or, oh my God, she fought this. You just want to be known as Lacey, yeah. you know, the, the young energetic bodybuilder that can 
crush your watermelon on her biceps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. beware to all the guys out there. Um, <laughs> you know, so, how did your family? How did you, besides yourself and your and you being supportive of yourself? How was your family supportive? Did you have that help with them? Were they encouraging to you or, or how did that play out? So me and my mom have always been super close. She, she's one of my best friends and somebody that I can say if I'm struggling with anything, she's the first person that I ever call for anything. It's kind of like that thing where you grow up, but you never really grow up. You always need your mom in your life. Yeah. So she was always by my side throughout it all. and also. They're not my biological family, but I'm sure you're familiar with Jessica and Dusty Heyman. I'm sure you've heard of them. Yeah. So they they took me in when I was sick, and I actually lived with them the whole time. So they took me in, took care of me. They brought me to to my treatments if I needed them to. Um, We sat down and had family dinner. They treated me like. We we say that I'm their adopted kid, and, and it's true, um, but their support and being able to go home to people that I know loved me and cared about me, and they knew that I did not want to have this – I did not want cancer to revolve around my lifestyle. So when I came home, it was – okay, what, what do we want to eat? What kind of movie do we want to watch tonight? Or, you know, anything like that. It was always everything but a sickness. We never talked about it. We never, unless I wanted to talk about it, but we, we just lived life like it was normal life. And, and I, I have so much respect for them for that because they knew that that's the ultimate goal for me was, I, you know, I went to my treatments, I did what I needed to do. And then when I got home, it was like a normal life. I took my mind off of it and I just went back to Lacey. And that was my goal throughout this whole thing. So they really helped me out tremendously. So um, huge, huge shout out to them. And and we're, we're all a real close group. They've been by my side through everything. So I, I would say that I did. I did fight alone, um, but, you know, in, in those terms. But I did have a huge amount of support around me as well yeah yeah how extremely is the support how extremely important is the support for those that may not have don't even know where to look from at you know to the listeners that are out there what would you say to them in terms of finding support i think it's a huge thing to have support around you and finding that person that you know that you can confide in and that person that you can call whenever something goes on you you know i I always say that i am a person if something goes on i do kind of um keep that inside and it's more like i don't want to be a burden to people and that's how i was before but i learned that it's best to, to feel those feelings don't throw them away don't don't try to suppress those feelings you have to feel them and you have to understand that life is happening for you not against you so when you know and you believe that you can confide in other people and you can can you can tell them your your feelings and you know you have that person that's there for you that way you're not keeping those feelings inside because let me tell you when you keep those feelings those <laughs> you get some really dark feelings when you're sick and you do get fear. I'm not going to say that I never had fear because I did. I didn't allow it to, you know, just to take over my life. But I did have those that fear. I didn't know 
what was going to happen the next day. I didn't know if I'd even wake up the next day, but I had faith that I would. And so in order to express those feelings to other people, it's extremely important because if you hold that in for too long and you just keep that held in inside, it, it creates this environment that is essentially a negative environment, right? So if you feel those feelings and you know that, Hey, this is, this is what I'm feeling, but this is not forever. This is temporary. Then I I feel like you can overcome anything, but you need that support in order to pick that up whenever you are feeling those down thoughts. I think that anybody that is struggling with anything, not just a sickness, if you're struggling with any kind of life struggle or hardship, I think that it's very important to have someone that you can talk to and to feel those feelings. Do not run from them. It's the worst decision that you'll ever make. I did that in 2016 when I first got sick. I didn't tell a single person that I was sick for about three months until I started losing my hair. That's when I started saying something because like I said, I wanted to be known as Lacey. I don't like sympathy at all. And so I just wanted to be known as me. So I didn't say anything. And then I learned that I have to say stuff. I have so many people that love me and support me. And when I felt that love from everyone, that's whenever I gradually got better because I knew I was not fighting this alone. I had an army of people behind me. And it's one of the best feelings in the world to know that you have that kind of support. Yeah. You know, and dealing as I've life coached people and dealing with people that have gone through trauma, and pain trauma always leads to shame mm-hmm. you know and we shame ourselves you know for you know being in an abusive relationship or you know we can sit there and we can try to dissect why you had cancer we can sit mm-hmm. there and talk about the genetics we can talk about the food we eat we can talk about our lifestyle and and ultimately at the end of the day it doesn't matter at that point it's the fact that you have it and now you've got you've got to fight against it you know mm-hmm. but one of the things that is common among so many people is we shame ourselves to believing that we're the only ones going through it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're the only ones going through the abusive relationship or the colon cancer or, well, I know there's other people that's gone through cancer, but how many bodybuilders have gone through cancer at the same time? Mm-hmm. You know, and we start, we start trying to rationalize why we feel this, you know, and I just want to encourage all the listeners out there is out of 7 billion people in this world, on this planet, you're not the only one. You'll never be the only one. You can try to rationalize, justify, um, come up with every possible reason that you're going through something different than somebody else. And there might be aspects of it that's different. Okay. But there's people out there that have lost limbs that become great athletes. There's people that have like, you know, laziness beaten cancer and become a professional bodybuilder. There's people that have, you know, um, gotten free from abusive relationships, you know, and lived and went on to live a very happy, happily fulfilled married life. You know, I was an abused child, but I am not an abusive parent. Right. No, and so I didn't become a victim of my own demise. I didn't become a victim of my own circumstances. You know, mm-hmm. are there other people out there? There are other kids out there that have been abused, of course, dealt with rejection, of course. Did they do it? The, did it happen the same way I, that happened to me? I don't know. It, it really doesn't matter because I know that if I try to play the game of shaming myself for what happened, I'll never grow. Yep. No. 
And if we want our, I, I have this saying, Lacey says, change your mind, change your mindset, change your world. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a prime example of that um, where you, yeah, there's probably times like, like you said, the first three months, you, you were scared to death. You were playing the victim. You were being the victim. You were going through the shame, the depression, the oppression, the, you know, everything that was possibly going, you know, until that it realized like, you know, I do have a lot of people out there that, that love me, that support me, that want me, you know, and, you know, it's unfortunate sometimes that we don't realize how great we have it until we're in a situation like this. That's you know, true. You know, we, we all should be so loving and so supportive no matter what, but we don't, we don't have that, you know, because everybody has their own life, you know, but that's the thing that we can't live with the guilt of, I don't want to inconvenience somebody else because ultimately most people in our lives are looking for an opportunity to serve other people. We really are. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't know how, and we don't know who to do it to, mm-hmm. you know, but one thing that I learned, and this may could not only help you because, you, you know, before we started the show, Lacey and I were talking about how her desire is to always be in, in the fitness industry, in the bodybuilding industry, whether it's as a coach, whether it's a, as a competitor or even both, you know, um, and it's, it's hard work for both of those because one becomes a profession. They both become a profession, so to say, you know, because the work behind it, you know, but it's in the midst of, you know, I kept on getting the question asked me when I was going through everything with my wife, because we really started to share our journey through social media, through the videos and things like that is, um, is how the world I can say so positive in such a dark time, you know? And to begin with, I'm like, I, I don't know because I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know? But the more I got the question, the more I started realizing the things that I was doing. And one of the things that helped me out the most, okay, actually really two big things um, is, and we talk about this in our coaching program that we're going to be offering soon that we're building right now is, Uh, Number one is taking time to grieve. And what I mean by that is there's no doubt that the fact of you being diagnosed with cancer was very hard. Mm -hmm. No doubt that you probably cried some tears a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But people have to know and understand. I want the listeners to know and understand. There's nothing wrong with grieving. There's nothing wrong with crying over your situation. Mm -hmm. What is not healthy to do is live in the state of grieving 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. You know, for me, and I didn't realize this until I was kind of going through it myself, is I couldn't grieve in front of my wife because it made things worse for her. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it in front of my children because then it would trigger them and then it would trigger my wife. Okay. Right. I had to do it through social media. When I would share my videos, when I would share our story, that's when my grieving would happen because I couldn't control my emotions. I was crying. There was times I was laughing, but I realized that by me separating myself and doing the video, sometimes they last 15 minutes. Sometimes they last 30 or 40 minutes. And, and I would have episodes of crying during that time. I realized that what I was doing is I was giving myself time throughout the day to grieve, mm-hmm. but I wasn't making it my whole entire day because I had to go on. I had a wife to take care of and had three kids to raise. Mm-hmm. And 
business to run, you know? Yeah. The other thing is, and it wasn't necessarily helping somebody with cancer at the time, but because of I was putting so much content out there on social media is I was having people reach out to me for help. And yeah. so I would start looking for people to help and then I would help them. Correct. Yeah. You know, and just by, and you're like, well, I don't know how to help. I don't know what to do. I can't help somebody else with cancer. I, 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 I can't help them financially. I can't help them share your story. That's how you help people. Yes. Yeah. Because vulnerability, when, you, when you're vulnerable, it brings not only healing to yourself, but it brings healing to people. Yep. You've written the book. Mm -hmm. But how, how, how has sharing your journey helped you throughout this? It's exactly what you said. I mean, sharing my journey, it, not only does it allow me to get my feelings out there, if I am feeling anything, I am and I'm able and I have the privilege to help others now. I've created this kind of platform to where it's it's just like it's just exactly what you're doing purpose through pain it is i'm in order by sharing my story i'm helping others know that there is hope out there so in order for me to be happy i've always said this is that i, I need to be helping people i need to be helping others that's what gives me happiness so sharing that story and, and seeing the smile on people's faces when they're going through just anything in life and they, they see that I'm going through this and they're like, wow, you have this positive mindset. It's admirable. I, I want that. And so, you know, I talk to them about my story, how I've overcome this and how my mindset is shifted and how I've done it and it, it helps them. And, and so it makes me happy in order to help people so i feel like that's sharing my story is, is everything i mean and at a time like i said there was a few months where i wasn't going to tell anybody anything and i was just going to fight this alone with my mom and that would have been the worst decision i would have ever made because now i wouldn't change having cancer for a thing i think it's made me who i am today and if i can help just one person in life then my life is fulfilled so that's how I look at it now. Yeah. And, and you just beat me to my question as I was going to ask you <laughs> about your journey. Uh -huh. Yeah. What would you do different? What would I do different in my journey with, uh, with yeah. cancer? Yeah. What would you do different? I, I probably would have, probably wouldn't have waited three months to start saying anything. I probably would have, if I could go back, I would have started right then and there and had that support system in order to help me because in those three months, I felt the most alone I've ever felt in a long time. So uh, if I could go back and change that, I would have done that. Um, another thing probably is I would talk about it more. It, it took me a long time to, yes, I did come out and tell people I had cancer, but whenever I was around other people, it was never the topic of discussion. You know, it was, it was always just me. So I think that I would probably talk about it more. And it wasn't until 2018, I want to say, whenever I made a YouTube video explaining my story to everyone. And I think that that story is something that people need to hear. You know, I, I never, I always think of myself as kind of like, you know, I'm not that great or, or, you know, I'm just kind of another person. So when people tell me like, you're, in, you're inspirational, I'm just kind of like, oh, thank you. I know I believe it, but you know, I also don't think 
that highly of myself either. That's something I've always struggled with. So it took me a while to finally say the the full story of what happened. And it wasn't until then where people just, I got so many messages of people that were fighting cancer even and wanted to become bodybuilders. And they would message me and they would say, you give me hope to be a bodybuilder one day. You give me hope to chase my dreams. And to me, that means the entire world. So I would have done that a lot sooner. Yeah, yep. does that make it all worth it? Yes, it does. It completely, 100%. Because if I can allow someone to believe in themselves and help them chase their dreams, that, that's the ultimate goal in life, right, is to help people. And if they see you and, and you're a true inspirational person, you truly help them chase their dreams. And because of you, they believe they can. I believe there's no better gift than that. Now, I want to talk about the book a little bit. Uh-huh. Okay. You said that you're trying to get it on Amazon. Is there, <laughs> is there before that happens? Is there any way that people can still access that? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I have. I don't have it like in a down like audio version or anything, but I do have books here at my house that I do give to people if they ask for it. You know. So it, until it becomes to where I can put a platform out there and, and, you know, the, the goal was never to make money off of it, but more to give it to people that need it. So as I have a limited supply, it's more of, you know, I give it to people right now that I know are struggling or, or need to hear certain things, but um, I'm hoping very soon that I can make it to where it'll be a link and people can go on and look at it through your website or, you know, I'm hoping the Amazon thing works out pretty soon. Um, there are some, like I said, I'm working on a second book right now. So I think it would be better for it to come out when the second one comes out because it kind of continues on. You know, it's like that when you watch a movie and, and you watch the first one, and then you want to watch the second one. It's right. kind of like that. So I'm making it to where it, they can, people can do that. So because the second one is more of my life after having cancer, if you will. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. What is the best way for people to reach out if they are interested in the book um, or even reaching out to you for inspiration, for hope? What is the best way for people to find you or even coaching because you're a, a bodybuilding coach? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Best way to reach me, honestly, is probably through my Instagram. It is my first my first name, Lacey underscore Pruitt. That, that would be probably be the easiest way. I'm uh, usually always on Instagram and I have it to where my messages send me a, a notification. And that's honestly where I get my most messages is through Instagram. So that or, um, or Facebook, it, my Facebook is my first and last name. So you guys can, can go on there. Don't hesitate to reach out to her. Don't hesitate to whether you need, you're looking for a fitness coach. Uh, and I'm using the word fitness because it's more than just the aspect of bodybuilding. Um, it's, you know, the, the lifestyle of, you know, being in, uh, being healthy, being in shape, um, because she can definitely do it all. It's not just trying to prep you to get on stage as a competitor, um, but it's living a healthier lifestyle, which I know that in the fight of cancer, you, there's no doubt that you had to change a lot of things that you were doing, you were doing in terms of your eating, um, you know, not only for your body, for in terms of fighting cancer, but also for, preparation and, and you're, you're competing. Uh, Lacey, thank you so much. Again, y'all reach out to her. It's Lacey, L-A-C-E-Y underscore Pruitt, P-R-U-I-T-T -T, on Instagram. Reach out to her. 
I'm going to get a copy of this book, and um, uh, I definitely want one. I want one autographed. Oh, okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and delivered, you know. Mm-hmm. I owe you a big hug um, for, you know, just, you, you know, what you've gone through. And it's, it's, it's inspiring to me because, you know, I don't consider myself a victim for my wife not um, being able to overcome because she was a fighter. She, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the fact that my daughter was able to stand up at the funeral and talk unscripted unrehearsed nobody knew what was going to happen and you know also the fact that she was able to post on instagram about how her mom taught her to be a, a fighter you know that's what it's about you know and to be able to inspire not just motivate not just to encourage people but to inspire them for change so for the listeners out there, please go on to Instagram, reach out. You can also message us. Um, it's meet Joseph James. Uh, you can message us on Instagram as well. And um, we're going to get Lacey more involved on Facebook. She doesn't do this. Um, she's going to get more involved on um, our Facebook page that we're, we're going to be using to help inspire and empower uh, women that have gone through trauma and shame and pain and guilt and rejection and you name it, all the above, and also help promote her book on there as well, because I think it needs to, um, when you can see somebody's mindset change, especially in the process, it's life-changing. It's it's life-changing. That's something we went the, the video route. I went the video route, but um, I wish I would have went the book route as well, you know, and, um, uh, you know, maybe all the videos will become a book one day. Yeah, so, it's never too late. Never too late. Never too late mm-hmm. at all. So, Lacey, thanks so much for being on the show. I really am honored. Uh, guys, stay tuned for more episodes, and uh, we're super excited about that. So, thank you guys. Love y'all so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.